0: Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Gabby Coatsworth is an award-winning British-born author who has spent half her life living in the United States, Her memoir, Love's Journey Home, came out last year, and her debut novel, A Beginner's Guide to Starting Over, came out in April of 2023. She was beginning to wonder whether whatever happened, since she's a woman who actually remembers the 1970s. She lives in Connecticut in a cottage that's American on the outside and all British on the inside. If she's not writing or traveling, she'll be in her flower garden wondering whether to read or relax with a book. You can find her by Googling her name. Welcome, Gabby, to Author Express.
1: Hi there, Kathleen. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. I love the
0: fact that you share all of the flower pictures and the garden pictures on Instagram. It makes me happy every time I see them.
1: And the reason I share them is because they make me happy, especially during the pandemic when I was inside all the time. I started to look for places I could go that were yeah. that were outside and would inspire me somewhat. And it turns mm-hmm. out there are a lot of gardens around that. Public are allowed to visit. So that's what I started doing. And it seems that people were doing it vicariously with me. Oh, um, yeah.
0: So this is just something that you started doing during the pandemic. This isn't a long term thing for you.
1: I've always enjoyed a garden, but it became more urgent. And I joined the Garden Conservancy, which is an organization that has private open gardens several times a year. And That was wonderful because you got to see gardens that you normally wouldn't. And they were real gardens. You could get ideas for your own one, you know? Yeah.
0: So have you always been a gardener?
1: my kind of gardening, I have to be honest, is if it lives, it lives
0: type of <laughs> So you're more of the, you do your own, but really you like to enjoy everyone else's gardens.
1: Exactly. And I do do my own, but I like to have stuff that takes care of itself as much as yeah. possible.
0: I have a friend who is, I'm sure will listen to this. And right now she will be laughing because she is the person who feels exactly the way that you do. <laughs> so... <laughs> I actually got very sidetracked by that. Normally, the first question that we always ask everyone is, tell me what's the most interesting thing about
1: where you are from? One of the most interesting things is that being British, everybody in America gives you an extra few intelligence points when you start talking with this accent. But in fact, (laughs) you get the same intelligence points no matter which English accent you use, and there are about 40 of them. (laughs) So I love that in a way. People see me as being very British. They think I know the royal family personally. <laughs> so I'm always being asked why this, why that, what do I think of so-and-so? And I have to make up the answers at this point because I've been in the United States for nearly 40 years. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so anyway, you will I-
0: not be getting up early in the morning to watch the coronation. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: You know, that's what you're hearing. And I'm very... Disappointed because my mother did tell me that I could marry Prince Charles when I was little. And sad to say, this never happened. So,
0: (laughs) probably best for you all the way around, given what we've learned about what it means to be in the royal family in recent years. You're so right. (laughs) Okay. So, tell me, see, and I will confess that I just think that you are a person who's very interesting. And so, you got this question If you could have dinner with any four people, living or dead, who would they be? What would you chat about? And what would you have for dessert?
1: One of them would be Charles Dickens, because I love the fact that I can read and reread his books and get something new every time. And that the characters, although they have ridiculous names, are <laughs> come across as very real people. People I can recognise even today 150 years later. So that's one person I would have. I think I might have Winston Churchill to ask him what the hell he was doing during World War II. Was he really napping or did he really feel inspired to be a leader? Mm. And how come the end of the war left so many people displaced all over Europe, which I find, because I'm half Polish, a topic of interest. My father was hmm. Polish and he ended up in London not wanting to go back because it was a communist government in Poland then. Mm -hmm. Now, who else would I have? I need some women. Yes, you do. I think I might have Sojourner Truth because she seems a little mysterious to me and yet something very indicative of the American spirit and the kind of feeling of independence that many Americans have and the feeling that they need to go out and have their say in the world. Hmm. And she would be a very interesting mixture with these two other people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So far, you're on a roll. So give (laughs) us one more. (laughs) I might have Helen Mirren because Helen Mirren is also partly Russian And she is a wonderful example of how to age gracefully, of course. (laughs) No, No, but slightly disgracefully. She does whatever she wants and she doesn't care what people think. Oh, she's wonderful and she's beautiful. And actually, believe
0: it or not, you remind me of her. So there's your compliment for the day.
1: Thank you so much. I note that you wear glasses and I appreciate that. (laughs) Your vision may not be perfect, but yes, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> that is really fabulous.
0: Let's move into talking about your books a little bit. You have published a memoir and a novel in the last year, right?
1: I have. And that sounds almost ridiculously close together, but the fact is that I wrote my memoir and then left it in a drawer because my memoir is about my relationship with my husband who had died 8 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it partly because I was second-guessing my relationship with him. Mm. He was the love of my life, but I began to wonder had I imagined that. I don't know why. This is what I was doing. So I started to write being a writer and finally finished the book and thought, okay, well, I've sorted that out and started (laughs) writing a novel. Mm -hmm. But then my friends kept saying to me, I thought you were writing a memoir. What happened to that? Mm. And so I decided that perhaps it was time to publish it and just see what happens. Because I could have simply given them copies and hoped that they would like it. But they knew me and I knew that they wouldn't necessarily tell me the truth about it. So I wanted to see how other people might respond. And that was fascinating to me because they did respond in many different ways. People identified with different parts of the book including one of the first responses I got was, I'd like to know more about what it was like to work for a misogynistic British company in the 1970s. <laughs> Probably takes up about seven pages in <laughs> the book, but other people related to different aspects, being a single mother, childcare, marrying someone from a different country, remarrying with teenagers. There's alcoholism in there, and there's my husband's final illness. So People related, as I said, to all different kinds of things. And I actually <laughs> felt I never publish anything else, that will be fine. But I had this novel now that I started writing just before the pandemic mm-hmm. and kept writing throughout it, partly because of my friends at the Women's Fiction Writers Association who organized mm-hmm. daily writings on Zoom. We were all new to Zoom, I think, at that yeah. point. Yeah, pretty it new. Was Yeah, it was amazing how quickly we became accustomed to having this on my calendar and simply checking in. And so the thing got done. Yeah. And then it got rewritten. I had an agent. The agent loved it, but the publishers wanted a bit more bookshop in it because the main character owns a bookstore and so on and so forth. So I rewrote it and sent it back, by which time that agent, the publisher who'd been interested had moved to another publishing company and was now doing cozy mysteries. So my agent said rather obliquely, do you think you could rewrite this as a cozy mystery? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so difficult. Cozy mysteries are not easy to do. Once you've got the hang of it, they get easier. But I said, no, I couldn't. So it came out to be quite a good novel. And I thought, okay, I think I'm going to just let this one out there and see what happens. And Mm -hmm. so... It's actually been very well received, I think, by people who are quite relieved that it's an easy read. It's not anything Mm. very sophisticated or intellectual, but it is about people who I feel are real. And of course, as always happens in books, they reflect a little bit of your own character and those of your friends.
0: I love the name of it, A Beginner's Guide to Starting Over, First Thing. And what I hear in this story that you've just told me is that you have to be persistent. And I feel like that's something that really characterizes what you've been through as an author, right?
1: That's true. You know, I started taking my first writing lessons about 20 years ago. And first of all, I started writing, then I started submitting short stories and things to places and nobody wanted them but eventually somebody wanted them and Mm -hmm. I kept going and I do have two novels in a drawer that are really terrible Um, (laughs) historical novels interestingly enough because you know I enjoy World War II novels as much as anybody else now of course we're swamped with them but right there's lots of them out there in those days they weren't quite so common but they weren't very good and it wasn't until I did personal essays and creative things. Some got published, some didn't, but I just kept persevering. And I think what happened in the end was that it wasn't until my husband died and I felt I really had to write something and Mm. it became a book. Mm -hmm. It didn't start as a book, it started as essays and I wrote it by hand and so on. I could have given up and just left it in the drawer like I did with my first two novels. But there's that sense that time is passing, of course, as you get older, and that if you don't do something soon, you might fall under a bus tomorrow. So maybe <laughs> you may as well keep going and do it. And the same was true with the novel, with the rewriting and the writing. And now I've got another couple of sequels um, oh. that are half done, <laughs> but I must persevere to get them done.
0: You must persevere, that's right. So what is it about writing that brings you the most joy?
1: Funnily enough, for a lot of people, it's getting the original ideas down on paper. Mm -hmm. And I do like that. But what I really like is going back afterwards and making them better. Oh, yeah, me too. I think it's as if I were making something in a woodwork class, a nice table or something, and I can see that it looks like a table and it's useful as a table and so on and so forth. But it's when it's all polished and shiny Mm. and beautiful Mm -hmm. and the wood grain has come up as you hoped it would and all of that. Then you feel that you've really created something that you can offer to other people. And that's the satisfaction I get from editing. That is absolutely lovely.
0: So where is the best place for people to find you online?
1: The easiest way to do it is by Googling my name, Gabby Coatsworth, because it's an extremely unusual name. In fact, the only other one I know is someone who stole it and tried to use it to sell some sort of products. Mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky in that respect. And it is my real name. Um, So spell
0: it for us, G-A-B-I, and then spell the last
1: name. Okay. It's G-A-B-I. Coatsworth is C O A. T for Tom, S for Sam, W-O-R-T-H. Yes. It's probably at the bottom of this podcast. It is at the bottom of the
0: podcast, yes. So in closing, tell us what book or story inspires you the most.
1: I have many that I reread, and I'm not sure that they're inspirational exactly, but they make me happy when I'm feeling a bit down. And they are not anything sophisticated. They are P.G. Woodhouse, who is any book by him almost. He's a wonderful writer in terms of his style and his knowledge. I always have to look things up that I found in there but his humor is why I read the books and I mm. think that it's because I have a sense of humor myself but I like mm-hmm. to see the way that he gets it into a book sort of organically mm-hmm. without having to make a real effort and so I think there is humor in my books as well, even the memoir, which was in some way sad, but people enjoyed it because it wasn't all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the people. But in terms of an inspiring book, I like the poetry of Billy Collins because it's very human, relatable poetry. So I can't give you a title of a specific book, but one of my favorite poems of his is very appropriate for Mother's Day. It's called... The Lanyard, and essentially it's about a boy who's saying that his mother has given him life and hope and food and education, and he has given her a lanyard for Mother's Day (laughs) because it's it in the Boy Scouts. And if you can find a little video of Billy Collins reading this online, you will see what a wonderful poem it is and you should immediately send the link to your mother. Oh, very good. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we will all go do that. So thank you so much for being on Author Express. Gabby Coatsworth.
1: It's been terrific fun. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.